Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the playmakers. Oh, boy. Or girl. Just more of an exclamation of buckle up, people, because it's about to get very serious in here. Do we put the kids to sleep? No. They can listen. They got to learn how to take uh, constructive criticism, too, guys. Damn right. It starts young, this educational process that is the human experience. Uh, Plenty to get into for the second hour of our program today. Hours three through four of the week. Ten hours per week that we get to interrupt your lives with. It's real real time. It's real privilege in a lot of ways. Um, Damn straight. But... I'll tell you what, guys, it's not always the most pleasant things when you cover the sports and the sports team isn't good. Because that's what this hockey, this, 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 can we, can we all say this? Can we all say that this is, this, this is true? This is a safe space this right now, This is a safe people. space, okay, no, for us at least. For yeah. the, Golden, the Golden Knights are not a playoff hockey team. I know technically if they win out, they can still qualify. But there's a lot of other teams playing hell of a lot better hockey than they are. And we can't find a way to beat a team that has literally nothing to play for. Do you know how many hockey teams Andrew Hammond has played for this year? If you're confused of who Andrew Hammond is, don't worry. You're not the only one. He was a starting netminder for the Devils last night. This, his first start, for the center or for the centers for the Devils last night, he started the year in the AHL in the Minnesota Wild organization. And he ends up in Montreal via trade or waivers or something like that. He plays in like one of the Heritage Classics, and then he ends up being traded to the Devils because they have so many goalie injury problems and just bad goaltending in general. I mean, I know the spirit of thirty-five is alive and well, but forty-two saves last night. This is a guy who spent the better part of the last five years in the AHL. He took a damn near two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. And you can't find a way to score. Oh, there's a lot of posts. We hit like five posts. Yeah, exactly. That don't count. That doesn't count. They don't even count as shots on goal, technically. And you know what? We always said, you're hitting a lot of posts. You need to get laid. Straight up, that's what we would say in college. Clearly, you're not getting it done. And ultimately... It doesn't truly matter because 
for how many chances the Golden Knights had last night, they could not come up with it. They did not have the snarl. They were out hit. They were out blocked. They were outplayed in a damn near do or die situation. And let me tell you, it's not all Robin Leonard's fault either. My God. The Pete DeBoer yesterday after the game, not sure. Uh, or I should say, this time of year, you're looking to, for your guy to be better than the guy who was at the, at the other end. That wasn't the case. He's always so insightful, Lindsay. Dude, he's run out of answers. I don't know if he had any, but any of them to truly begin with, because this is this this is a team that's dealt with the same problems all season. And to be truly honest, since Pete kind of showed up, this is a team that doesn't have any spirit left. This is a team that doesn't have any fight left in the eyes outside of like individual efforts. I have notes to go through each one of the goals last night. I got notes on why they're not Robin Leonard's entire fault because he's getting a lot of crap. And I'm not trying to be like goalie apologist, even though there absolutely is some bias for me there. But to pin it on that and his performance rather than the inability for the Golden Knights to break the puck out past, like, just inside the neutral zone. The turnovers by the blue lines last night, Adrian, it, it was every two seconds. All those broken pucks I was talking about the neutral zone, that was exactly what was happening. And the New Jersey Devils brought more hustle, and they were playing freer. Don't tell me that trading the reigning Vesna winner for a bag of pucks and hitting four posts in a do-or-die game at home last night doesn't connect. Don't tell me the hockey gods aren't involved. They are factually involved. They don't need to add that much because this is the deal that the Golden Knights made with the devil anyways, not to make it a pun. But Mark Stone is, I'm guessing, 70% right now. And he's top line with Marcia So and Eichel. Barely noticed Jack Eichel last night. I'm sure he was doing a lot of busy work. Marcia So at least he t- took it upon himself to say, I missed at least three opportunities where that should have been a goal. But it just it's like there's no life. Outside of Shea Theodore, who was skating like a C slash C minus student before they went on the road trip, returns last night, at least through the first period, looking like a B plus at least, and, and with that confidence. And he was swimming through bodies and, and and able to do that. And we saw that same thing from him in the bubble a couple years ago when he put the team on his back. But here's the thing. He's not scoring either. Nobody is. And the Devils were giving Vegas more than enough space to control the puck, even driving the net. But they would disarm him at the last, time, at the last second or they would just disrupt him in the ever so slightest. And whenever that happens, we throw up our hands. Well, it's, it's the refs. It's the post. The goalie's hot. It's it's truly unbelievable. It's always something else, not Did us. you watch the game? No, I did not. Um, Let me go through a couple of these goals here. Go through the goals number two and three against last night because that's where a lot of people are going to be having troubles with Robin Leonard, at least they think they do. That goal against in – the second goal against where he didn't take care of a rebound, this guy is standing right next to the Golden Knights bench, devil player defenseman just takes a slap shot to basically get the puck back down in the zone. Leonard reaches up with his glove hand, tries to, you know, haul it in. He doesn't. It goes off his hand, drops down in front. Chaos. Rebound ends up in the back of the net. Absolutely. Absolutely. He needs to take care of that rebound. He needs to make sure that that's not happening. But we also need to tie up people in front of the net. 
I want to circle back to the first goal. How did we let one guy get behind both of our defensemen? That's my question. Pick up the rebound. There's nobody around. It's like everybody was stand, was doing it for the gram last night. It was like Coachella out there. We're out here for the uniforms and to look good, but not actually to have a good time. Not to actually have a full experience. But that third goal that everybody's saying, that's one of the worst goals ever. He should have been pulled. He's an awful goalie. It's a top play on Sports Center. If it's a top play on Sports Center, I know that they're not the most hockey well-versed. They're learning. But if it's top play on Sports Center, and even the NHL itself is tweeting out, damn, they're doing post-game quotes with the Devils players going, oh my God, it was nasty. How about the back-to-back turnovers in front of the Golden Knights bench by Nick Watt and then Chandler Stevenson? This leads directly to the goal. Petrangelo, who is our top paid defenseman, gets absolutely dangled by some dude named Boquist, drags him out of his skates, and through a nucleus of three different Golden Knights. They had numbers back, Adrian. And this guy finds a way to slide through, gets a shot off, scores off the heel of his stick, and this is very important, the heel of his blade. Because with that, the shot trajectory was altered. And it was altered by Alex Petrangelo, who had failed to lift the stick and disarm the player from the puck, but enough to slap more momentum on the shot and to beat Robin Leonard five-hole without him even realizing it. Let me tell you how how quick they will come for you as a goalie if you are standing on your feet and the puck goes under you in your five-hole. Everybody and their mother that's watched anybody stop a puck once knows that that's not a great goal. Unless you look at the subtleties of this shot, and it's actually really ironic because our close personal friend of the program, Mike McKenna, wrote an article on Daily Faceoff yesterday, and it was on David Riddick, who's not one of our goalies. But it was about him giving up a five-hole play and all of the things that Mike kind of looks at it from a netminder, much like how I do with pattern recognition, with shot selection, and how timing is down to everything. I'll just read a couple excerpts here, and you tell me if there's anything applicable. While Riddich appears to be ready, I think he's late in establishing his depth against the rush. The Predators' netminder isn't able to get his feet set until the split second before Shen releases the shot. Now, it wasn't exactly off the rush, the goal against with Robin Leonard, but he was gapping back, right? He's skating back. He's, he's, he's letting the play come to him. This is a guy who struggled to track the puck since he has returned. You can just tell how his body language is, or at least I can. You can tell how he reacts. He is not looking the puck to the leather or looking the puck all the way into the save, rather looking it into the peripherals. There's a very, very distinct difference. And what that results in is poor goalie posture or mistimed goalie posture because he's not a guy who plays his post super well. There's a lot of holes around the post for Robin Leonard because he usually just kind of collapses and then uses his weight to basically say, you can't push me through and you can't push this puck through. But when he's not playing confident and he's not setting his edges, so you're kind of stuck in motion, you're stuck in transition, your brain will fire off saying, butterfly, go down, butterfly, go down. But if you don't have those edges, Adrian, you will not go down. It is physically impossible. Even Mike McKenna, later on in this article, it boils down to this. As soon as a, the puck's trajectory changes, Riddick needs it to hit him. It's nearly impossible to adjust in time and make a reactionary save from less than 10 feet away. A goal that Robin Leonard gave up, that third goal, was within five feet. And you could say 
well, we got to go get down on the pulse. We got to get an uh, 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 RVH. We got to gap out a little bit more, maybe cut down and just make the save at the top of the crease. Why, why would he be operating in any realm of confidence to do that? Did we mention the first goal where they let him completely out to dry off of a poor breakout attempt, one of those soft passes from Matias Yanmark up the boards, and Braden McNabb turns it over in the slot? They get a one-timer. He makes that save. But then we can't get the, we can't pick up the guy who's wide open for the rebound, Adrian. Why why would I feel confident that I can that I can take space in this juncture? Why why do I feel that I have the upper hand in energy? It I just like, saw my, my star defenseman get walked. It just seems like the only answer would be delusional confidence, correct? Because off of what's happened, it, they haven't proven that they can help him out. Well, and I just I don't think they're operating with delusional confidence anymore, or maybe they haven't for a while because you're. No, I'm saying got, that's what they would need to, for oh, for him yeah. to think because that's the only answer. You would need like an Anthony Edwards attitude. Yeah, I don't no, give an 100%. F if I just failed. But this is as we were talking about with yesterday with Robin Leonard and the way that he plays and the way that at least I read him as a personality. He does not feel very supported right now. I can guarantee. Go, go ahead. And, and I know that, and you brought it up because a lot of people, that third goal, just worst goal I've ever seen given up, yada, yada, yada. But to me, I guess my question would be, knowing all the things that have happened, obviously the health scare with his family and whatever happens, mm -hmm. that got cleared up. But his confidence and the Twitter and all this, was it a matter of they just thought that Leonard would give him the best chance to win? Because to me, it's kind of he was two days removed from having a problem with his family. Why not put Logan in his place? No, and, and that's absolutely, I think, a conversation that we can go back and forth on. And you even posed that to me yesterday. And I would still make the same decision because he's the guy that you brought in to bring you to the success in the biggest moments. And he wasn't able to do that last night. But it's not all on him. This is a team that cannot score goals against – this year – is the most offensively prolific season we've seen in the NHL in many a time, if not ever. Why aren't they part of this? What's the issue? Why are they so easily deterred? Why can't they find a way to generate their momentum when they're down a goal, when they're not getting out to that lead? Like, I, I was starting to write down these ideas last night when I got home, and I haven't quite dedicated enough time to really bring it to our table about what the exact type of hit this team needs to get into their game but regardless if you don't have the ability to battle back against not just mediocre teams bad teams why would you think you're ready for playoffs why, why, why this isn't this isn't a team that can score goals in the low stakes moments when you need them the most why would we have that happen later on right Get Mark Stone healthy. This guy is clearly hobbled. And we knew that. We knew that. And the way that I see it, the way that I see him playing and, and how he's having trouble, he doesn't have the same whip around. Like, he's very good rotationally. He's a guy that can move the – He's I, I believe he's right-handed. He can move the stick right-handed to left hand and go around his opposition's body and, and find ways to keep his speed up, find ways to keep pucks and to win those battles. That's why he's such a long stick. I don't think he can truly manage – the twig he's using right now because you can just tell in the way that he's trying to go into those battles and he's going in there without fear, but he doesn't have that same strength. He doesn't have that same range of mobility. And that's a guy on your top line right now. 
like I started the segment, Marsha So, Stone, and Eichel. And I want to ask you a question about Eichel. So in Buffalo, they were never a contender, right? They never no. had. So He's never made the playoffs. You know, in his comment about, and it was a few days ago or a couple games ago, where he's like, well, I've never been in a playoff type situation. They were talking and, about that, yeah, that atmosphere. Yeah, and, and the atmosphere and everything. And it's like, well, if we need a, a someone to, you know, kick us in the butt or get us in line or like, yo, this is very important. And it's like, he doesn't have this experience. He doesn't know this pressure. And, and obviously, he's coming off of an injury, but it just goes with the mentality and, and some of the people that they're bringing in and some of the people that they let go and the culture. And just, you know, you mm-hmm. need to have these certain personalities and these the certain experience to know, like, the levity of the situation. It, exactly. And <laughs> levity is the exact word. And the exact word that I've used in the past when it came to talking about the Marc-Andre Fleury's, the Nate Schmitz. And this isn't to just dig up all the, all the bodies that have already been buried with that. But this stuff matters. It matters that Alex Petrangelo tried to go boards to boards with waning seconds in the second period that resulted in a damn near 2-on-0. That decision matters. For a guy you're paying the amount of money, for a guy who's been a captain, who's won a cup in this league, who's faced adversity, they are so deep in their tunnel vision right now. That's the only explanation I can think of why that pass goes up because in my mind, I I just it wouldn't even be an option because what if it goes wrong? That's the bit. It's not about what can you get, it's what can happen if you don't. And that's the way this team works in their mindset. I I always think about what could happen instead of what consequence could be if it doesn't. And now we're dealing with the consequences of what isn't. This isn't a good hockey team. It's not a healthy hockey team. It is not a cohesive hockey team. Apparently, we had everybody stay after practice to work on skills except for Robin Leonard. David Shane's the only guy that's tweeted that out. I don't know if there's anything to read into there, but usually, if you're singular in that, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm not saying it's a good thing either. Yeah. Like, our our coach has called out goaltending multiple times this season. And he's called out goal, the lack of goal scoring too. But it's really easy to pin it all on the goal is because your job is pass-fail and it's to stop pucks, and they're not stopping more pucks than they need to right now or whatever I was just trying to say. Pete DeBoer, to me, is not the coach of this team next year. I don't wish that on him or his staff. I just don't know where we go. I don't know what, what – he's not a galvanizing leader to me. He doesn't inspire people to find a different level of themselves. He's probably a good – away, boys – Good effort, guys. He's good at managing. He's not good at inspiring. And hockey needs inspiration. Hockey needs blood. Hockey needs to be invested in. And And fix the power play. (laughs) The fact that we haven't really made any adjustments to our staff to an effort to fix that. I mean, I went to the last press conference I was at. It was preseason. And Pete DeBoer said, We'll get the power play figured out. This is an ongoing thing. It's a seasonal thing. You guys can ask us about it at the end of the season and where we're at. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Same stuff. We'll keep trying different combinations. We'll try different. Like, well, if we've done different combinations and we've done this with a bunch of different players because they've been in and out of injury, what's the problem? What's the constant? Sorry. Not really, though. Because he'll land on his feet somewhere just fine. And this is pretty much right on time with Pete DeBoer's timeline of events when he's a head coach. We went over that a few weeks ago. About It's about two and a half seasons. Two and a half seasons, three at the most. Especially when he's taking over a team that's on the ascension. 
He does not know how to keep the energy up high. He's not DJ. He's not hype master locker mix. Okay? And this is a desperate team that spent a ton of money and has hemorrhage, has sold its soul for these big price players. Which means now we're in a situation where we have to kind of not go bargain. You know, there's just tight. There's not that much to work with in terms no. of bringing players. And so what can we fix? What can we change? What's the easiest Jenga block to get something different? 100%. Oh, do we Which need a player-friendly coach? coach? That was our last guy. I feel like we also need a player mon- uh, player-friendly like management. Like after what you're telling oh. me about Flurry, why why come here well, to be treated like that? And you're right, and you're right to make that distinction too, because this isn't Pete DeBoer's garbage. He just might be the guy who has to take it out. Because yeah. this is a team that's set up by the front office. But George McPhee made the ultimate power move a couple seasons ago. I'm not general manager anymore. Kelly McCrimmon will be it. And because he's Mark Stone's guy, and he's gonna get all these guys, and then I also have somebody to scapegoat. Well, we're not at that point where K-Mac is the scapegoat. He has his own goats. And that's where I think Pete's going to fall. And it's an easy move to make. And it's uh, an easy excuse to make. And the fan base, you know, this is the first time, like, this isn't going to be. But based off of what I have gathered about Mark Stone, about the Max Patriotis, about Eichels, guess how well it's going to go over for them not being in the postseason. Not well. It's going to stick in their craw. I hope every single one of those guys has the most kick-ass offseason they've ever had. I hope they literally go to the nth degree. Because if you think that this window is open for very long, it is not. Max Pacioretty's hips aren't going to hold up forever. Mark Stone's skating isn't going to get more efficient. Jonathan Marcheseau isn't going to all of a sudden learn how to shoot low maybe three times more out of ten, and maybe that results in two more goals. And so it's about getting the right concoction when we show up to bubble that formula. And I don't think they have the right people reading instructions. I don't. I'm not that person. You're not that person. I don't know who that person is. But I got a lot of people in that locker room that are saying, well, we love each other. We're doing all this. We're, we, and I'm sure that's true. I've been on those hockey teams. But it, we have reached a point where we are not maximizing what our roster is capable of. And that's partially due to injury, but it's mostly due to utilization. It's mostly due to construction and it's mostly due to overbloated contracts to guys that aren't producing right now. And so hopefully they take the off season to get themselves to the peak health, to their peak, whatever for preparation, because like we've said a few weeks ago, we are very much in the realm of possibility of never winning anything in this era. That's how that's how fleeting this is. That's why you can't lose to the Montreal Canadiens. That's why you can't let Thatcher Demko steal your soul so Anton Kudobin can finish you off. That's why this team needs to figure out what their scoring problem is, and it's not acquiring more talent that's apparently good at scoring because they're not getting it done. It's called, I need to take a different shot. I need to not rush the puck here. I need to make a different decision so I don't hang out my own guy to dry. But we got months to figure that out. Gold Knights still not out of it, but they have to win every damn game out. And guess what? Vancouver Canucks have won six straight, and they're not the most team I'm worried about. So we'll get into that as they come. More games on the dock at 1 tomorrow afternoon. I don't even know who they're playing. Don't really care. Flat Stanley will be there. I know that. Random Fandom, our next segment, plenty to discuss. 11.40 And now, sports with a Z. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
forget who said it, but was it revenge is a beverage best served cold? Someone famous and smart said that. Yeah, somebody wrote that at some point. But revenge isn't always the answer, right? Sometimes revenge is actually more toxic if you just like let bygones be bygones and you just like stop thinking about whatever your score you were trying to settle. Yeah, no, definitely if that's like your main source of uh yeah. of motivation. Although I'm trying to learn as a person to let go of pettiness. It's hard. It's very difficult. It's very I hard. have some positive to wrap up last segment though. Hmm. Uh I went to the gym late at night and I couldn't go to sleep because of just the energy and yeah. as I was I was getting ready to go to bed, uh I was in a VGK Twitter spaces getting the hot takes from super fans. I don't think I've ever been in a Twitter space. It was my first. I was like, what? Lindsay would be so proud. Is it like everybody's talking or is it? No, 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 no. So there's a set of, uh, so like the person who creates it can kind of have, for example, four accounts are going to be the speakers. Yes. And then they can make a decision of who they want to bring in to be allowed to I talk. See. And some other ones you can, like, raise your hand, but if there's hundreds of people, like, you're not going to be seen. Like, what if I want to raise the roof, though? Yeah, and and so it was around 1.30 a.m. last night. Oh, yeah, Some you were up. Buffalo Sabres fan in Buffalo. I can't go to sleep. It's 4.30. Yeah, or Here's what needs to happen. Shift. Yeah, here, fire everybody. The coach, the management, they don't like him. Jack Eichel's a loser. Taking All notes right, from I, the Pegulas, aren't I, we? I'll, I'll hang up and listen. But, yeah, no, I was in the NHL Twitter spaces, Linz. Look at me. Yeah, you got lost for a couple of seconds there, <laughs> but you're not the only person lost in those spaces uh, on the ice or otherwise. But when we're talking about revenge, we're talking about um, just like almost reintroductions. I think in many ways, I totally buy what he's saying. But at the same time, if I'm Freddie Freeman and my team, my former team is now playing my current team and I get up to my first at bat, and this happens, how can you not be pumped? Do we not get that audio? Uh, we do not have the oh, Freddie Freeman home run. You. I apologize. No worries. It was a home run. <laughs> against this former team. We are, you know what? Yeah, Atlanta Braves. Against our, our, we're the home of the Dodgers, 1140. The pregame starts at 610 later today uh, to catch that series. Yep. Um, so he hit a home run against his former team because, of course, because that's how baseball is poetically, right? Yeah. But he says he uh, has no ill will towards his former teammates or the team. Emotional day for sure. But he says there's really not that many hurt feelings. And I'm like, again, I kind of believe you because why would his ill will be directed towards any of his former teammates or even like the front office? This is about the big corp, right? It's about corporation that owns the Atlanta Braves that jettisoned him and traded for his replacement. I would think front office, though, kind of, because they're like... They made the, the moves. They're the main, you know, we don't usually think of, uh, for so for example, Ted Turner. But it's like, no, it's the GM because he's the one hands-on who, like, made the deal. Um, so sometimes I think the front office, you know, there's some problems with that. Like, you see it with, uh, what's his name, David Griffin and J.J. Redick. Like, sometimes there's these incidents mm. and they kind of go to the front office. But the players, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, usually. Yeah, and the players have had to answer for for a lot of stuff. And granted, you know, they're the ones that are some of the most visible individuals in our society, and that's why they they are paid a lot of money, and that's why their experiences are unique. And why we, I think we need to cut them a little bit more slack. I mean, if you're dropping F-bombs and flipping people off, maybe you're not really trying to avoid confrontation in some way. But ultimately, I think – the fan experience has changed and therefore the way that we treat players and the way that players react has changed. And that's created a whole bunch of different, mm -hmm. just like 
the dynamic of wanting to, you want to be the dude who records yourself screaming at Russell Westbrook, hey, I don't think you're good. And, oh, well, Russell Westbrook's reacted to other fans. Right. So now he's going to come up to me, and now I can record this confrontation. Yeah, it's like I want to be the hip-hop. one that, that pushes them over the edge. Absolutely. And it's odd because I, I, I don't know if we – just so much has changed. I mean, I, I think this kind of leads to our, back to our conversation yesterday and also kind of the inspiration behind it because – I don't think we were always this aggressive as fans. I don't think we were always out there looking for that, be that for attention or be that for recognition. But do you think that gambling fuels the fire a little bit? Because I got some skin in the game. You're supposed to be putting up points or even like fantasy sports. I mean, that kind of kicked off everything to get us to the point where we can gamble in the sports. I just think it's so dehumanized now. Like, I just wouldn't I wouldn't want to go to a game and make it my sole purpose to just me- like spew at someone. Like how is that fun? I I think that it it's always been or at least I hope that it's always been a small percentage. It's just that now the visibility and the traction that you can gain from it instead of just looking like an idiot in your section, you can now be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but this Twitter account and this blah blah to get the views and stuff." So now not only are they, they have the energy towards being that dude, but now they view themselves as like, oh, well, this could be a brand or this could be, you know, this could be my stick, which is ridiculous. Cause like, what Everybody's do you think? Everybody's a brand now. Yeah. No, but it's like, what do you think? How do you think this plays out? My guy, like you're going to be the, the, the ass clown of, of the, of the team and yeah, you're going to get like a deal. This isn't the guy who got Tom Brady's record setting touchdown ball. Like he treated him with respect and said, here's the ball. It, it was gonna. It's gonna be worth at least a couple million dollars, right? You remember the fan that, yeah, 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 that got the ball the whole bit? Yeah. But and I think it's not only fostered by the the environment that we talk about with gambling or with with fantasy. I think we get it from the front offices themselves because we we talk about this ad nauseum, the winning at all costs mentality, the profit driven model. The sports themselves have done more than enough to rid themselves of a lot of the soul, a lot of the connection that truly endears people to sports teams. And without that hook, without that deep of an investment, I think you're quicker to get pissed. I think you're quicker to voice it. And I think you're quicker to take your attention and money and otherwise somewhere else. And there'll be somebody to replace you, but they might be louder and a bigger a-hole than you were. And so I, I just I, – I think it's coming at us for, from both sides here, but I think it's more to do with, with that profit-driven model. I mean, we were just talking about with the Golden Knights, right? Like, you better be damn sure this is going to work because if it doesn't, this is what happens. Like, it's not just the damaging of the current relationship. It's damaging of previous memories that have been created with – people in that organization I think this is you have audio of Kevin Durant yeah, you have yeah. that one I think Kevin Durant earlier today did a us all a, a service in a way by kind of mapping out how he sees fandom how he sees how they're treating Kyrie in Boston and just the reasoning of all that I, I just think it's incredibly insightful so we're gonna play it for you I mean it's rooted in love they once loved you they once cheered for you and 
bought your merchandise, had life altering experiences coming to games watching you play. So when it kind of gets ripped from them from just something like a trade or demanding a trade or wanting to leave, like they feel like a piece of them is gone too, you know, so. And I think about that in terms of the good memories, but then also just the fact that you have any memories associated with player X on this team at all. Like we know that Kyrie's inviting a lot of just attention. He always has been that way. We also know what Boston is as a sports town, which is not friendly, pretty racist, and pretty damn loud. And they they expect success, and they don't expect to be left behind at the ball. And so this is where it's like, well, the players can't can't fight back, and, and there's a different power dynamic. All of those things are true, but ultimately, I think what we're experiencing is like some dissonance maybe, some cognitive dissonance in a way of, of fandom and why we're, we're feeling what we're feeling. Because sports are, are a way to elicit emotion, to elicit commitment and, and dedication. But what happens when you remove all of the the good parts of the long journey and hard work, right? Like we all have that. Like I, as long as I can get to this point, as long as I get to here, I'm gonna be all right. Even if I'm in the the darkest part of the tunnel, even if I think I got nothing left, there's always that thing that you're reaching for for an achievement or or a sense of belonging and stuff. What happens when that starts to erode away? I think you get situations like we see with Kyrie in Boston. In multiple other places, it's not just a singular event. I mean, you mentioned the the Russell Westbrook Utah incident a couple years ago. That was kind of the first big one where all of a sudden, it's not the first time that I'm sure any of those players have heard that, but where there was actual traction of saying, it's not right that you guys are saying this stuff to us either. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think that in some ways, I think the the biggest thing that we've missed out on talking about this is just the world in general and people's reactions mm-hmm. from yelling at people, driving to grocery brains. store incidents. Yeah, we, we've been through a lot. And you, when you want to look at the gambling aspect, like more people are more dependent or think that that's their way out. That's so, true. So they're trying to get that quick fix and, and hoping that this can change whatever situation they got. But I do think some of it may be a little bit overblown in terms of like these are these are very basic and, and what makes sports so fun in terms of like Yes, it's a little messy because he said he was going to stay in Boston. And less than 60 days later, he requested a trade and got out of there. And obviously, it was it was not a successful run as a Celtic. And he stepped on the, 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 the sacred, the sacred cartoon leprechaun. How dare he do that on the court? So it has some of these tropes of just... leprechaun. Yeah, remember, remember KG and, and, and Big Baby Davis were like, how could you do that to the leprechaun? Um, and you know, so it has some of that, that energy. The thing where it gets messy is because like you said, and you brought up just as Bill Russell himself, who played for the Celtics and won them so many championships of how Boston is. But another part to me too is, and we talked about this with, with Russell Westbrook, where he literally in a press conference said, I do not appreciate people calling me Westbrook, whether he's right or wrong in having that thought process, regardless Fans now are incentivized mm-hmm. because they know that that can get to them. And some players can react like that. Other dudes like Draymond will start clapping and like, yes, and it'll feed make them me better. It'll lock them in. Exactly. But that, I think there are there those are more rare birds than we think. 
I think it's more of a distraction piece for most of us. No, 100%. And, and I also think some of the forces have, have, like the balance has shifted more towards the player's side with mm-hmm. them being able to, their social media they're and whatever emboldened. partners, mm-hmm. they're emboldened and they can tell their story and know where they're coming from. And it's now, it is not strange the players on the other team understand that if someone's walling out, like they're all under the same type of idea of like, no, we can stop this game to kick this dude out if he's being that much of a clown. Yep. So that that's super important. And hyper-individualized society armed with micromanagerial behaviors. Kyrie, by the way, got to, got the uh, fine today. $50,000. What did so, Pat Bev get? 35? 30, yeah, 35. Or I but believe, he didn't do the flip the bird bit. Yeah, no. And, and we he only he only swore in the press conference, which Kyrie did too, and he swore yeah. more. Um, that's $7,000 per finger that he flipped throughout the game. <laughs> My thing, though, is you saw where he put the double middle fingers behind his head, right? Yeah. At that point, did he not know that there was 50 million cameras? Like, why not just go the Stone Cold Steve Austin care. route and just do it? Because, yeah. like, whatever, it's the same thing. You're going to get fined regardless. Because he has family that would be incredibly disappointed in him, too. I guess. There, we all have those little things that keep us going from completely over the edge. But sometimes we end up doing it. It's okay. It's okay. We're all learning, and we're all trying to figure out exactly how to treat each other in a very different world with very, very traumatized brains. We got plenty of sports on the docket tonight. I'm already looking at some NHL scores that are coming in that we should keep an eye on. Adrian will do the same thing with some NBA playoff action. Last segment of the night, 1140 The Bet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I know you want, 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 you want,
This year's remix. Got some phonics. So I got hot. I got Damn. I got rockin' electronic. Beats. I got your pop music with the future flow. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Every day that includes DJ Earworm is better than the days that do not. Had to take it back to 2009 for you. Oh, yeah. Right in the wheelhouse of that uh, musical conversation we had earlier in our program, available on that Odyssey app. For free. There's so much available on that thing, you know? There, are, There is. There are. It's multiple. It's singular all at the same time. You have a playlist on that, don't you? Yes, the Hip Hop Underground, which is going to be updated expeditiously later tonight. Yeah, you're on top of that. I tried a lot of music, man. And a lot of music coming. Like, we talked about Kendrick's album. Yeah. Pusha T, Future, Jack Harlow. Yep. Big for hip hop these ne- this next month. You part of the the thirsty club for Jack Harlow that everybody is joining? Yo, I'm it, not. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, I, he's a cool white dude. What's wrong? Jack Harlow, well, cool. I to, I, he's cool. I just, he gets enough attention. You're all right. That's Don't true. Worry. That's You're true. fine. You're I'm, fine. I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to that album, though. So I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, and regardless, it'll probably end up on somebody's playlist or maybe a tailgate playlist. I know there's a tailgate rock playlist on that Odyssey app, which is free on the Google Play and Apple App Store. I mean, probably includes rock songs. that will crank up the good times. Van Halen, White Stripes, Kid Rock. Uh, all you got to do to find those artists is search for tailgate rock on the Odyssey app to listen. Uh, Lindsay, I got some uh, some DMs from from listeners on, on on the show. Oh yeah. By the way, you can DM me on Instagram at Heavyweight Radio. Uh, someone had a suggestion for Flat uh, Stanley, um, and if if I could borrow him tonight for a few hours, but you know, I just want to take him to Little Darlings. What's Little Darlings? Oh, Lindsay, it's a it's a place James Harden would have frequented if he lived here in the city. No, you're not taking <laughs> my the first grade project to a strip club. We're gonna pass on that for a couple more years, but I appreciate the invite. Of course, maybe maybe Las Vegas ballpark. How about Aviators game? I just, possibly. I, if it, it's not that I have a problem going, I just feel like he needs a chaperone, and that's just not in my cards today. Yeah, not no, my 100%. cards today. Uh, but there are a few things going on tonight, uh, Adrian. I know that we're gonna get into playoff basketball here, at least uh, preview what some of the games are tonight. But I'm looking at some NHL scores that are already underway. Minnesota Wild lead the Montreal Canadiens 1-0. I mean, they're free and clear, uh, living in Everclear waters for playoffs, so they're not really a huge threat to the Golden Knights or taking up spots because they've just been in the spot. Uh, We got the Calgary Flames with the Predators at 8 p.m. at Nashville. That'll be a big old game. Nashville needs to win, and they need to get some good goaltending too because I know Saros has struggled down the stretch. And Flames have nothing to play for, so you just hope that people don't get hurt. And then everybody keeps adding to their uh, massive career years totals, you know? 100%. Making bank. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, are they officially eliminated yet? I mean, I don't think they technically are until the Knights are, but they're going to be playing the Rangers tonight, or they already are. They're in New York. End of first period, still 0-0. Not a lot of scoring going on quite yet. Blues take on the Bruins in St. Louis. Blues are pretty much the hottest team in the NHL right now. They're scoring – so many goals. They're scoring like at least four goals per game. That's what I like to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, and those baby blues. Yep. Uh, Vancouver, who won last night over Dallas, looks like they're on a back to back. They're going to be playing at home versus Ottawa. Senators have nothing to play for. And so, Vancouver, who have won at least six in a row, uh, they need to keep winning out. And so, I would anticipate that staying true if they make it to the playoffs, man. The Demco jersey will be ordered. It will be ordered. Oh, snap. Yep. 
Um, and then the Kings are playing the Ducks and Blue Jackets, Sharks. That doesn't really matter. That's pretty much all of the NHL games that I care about. Fair about enough. NBA. We got... The, we, the feast day resistance. Yes, thirty, right? Yes. Well, first off, Miami, uh, Atlanta is going on, and Miami just being chippy with Trey. Uh, that I can't believe this. This is the game that they put on TNT, and for some reason, relegated to NBA TV. No disrespect to that wonderful network. We got Memphis versus Minnesota, uh, game of the night. Oh, and check this out because we are the bet eleven forty Las Vegas. Uh, they got Memphis minus six and a half. Um, we'll see what happens. Just this whole this game not being on primetime national TV is a little disrespectful. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how you know Memphis reacts to the defensive pressure of Minnesota of not allowing Ja to decide when he's going to be aggressive. Especially and from, Anthony Edwards and the way that he's playing D right now. He says he's the best defensive player of the league. Just that, ask him. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the way they're going, they're bringing the game to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be fantastic. Unfortunately. Your other matchups, like we got Phoenix, New Orleans tonight, which game one, Chris Paul took over and had like one of the best performances for an old dude in NBA history because he's almost about to be 37 years old. Um, and you, it, it's always fantastic to see Phoenix uh, kind of play their, their their basketball, Chris Paul at the helm. And yeah, I, I expect Miami to destroy Atlanta. Um, it's a close game so far. It's like 19 to 18 right now. First six minutes in the game. Uh, but yeah, Minnesota Memphis is must see TV. If you got to get an illegal stream, whatever's going to happen. Uh, Anthony Edwards, what's the follow up performance? Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Things. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Get him going early. No. He'll, he'll, he'll pay off for you down the stretch, especially if your stars start to get a little bit tired or they can sometimes take a nap third quarter ish. Yeah, Malik Beasley, too. Is he going to step up and have another huge game off the bench? And, you know, Memphis, not only job, but this. This is the reason why I've asked Trista and so many people is how are they going to score in the half-court offense when you don't get a turnover mm-hmm. and you're not controlling rebounds because Cat played a huge game one. Even though the box score didn't show it, um, he was very important in being versatile and getting Steven Adams out of there. And is Steven Adams going to be on the court because he's too big and not fast enough to be on the court against Minnesota as they go up and down the court? So it's going to be a fascinating game, too. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Memphis, Me Minnesota, must-watch TV. Well, I might even watch that. Well, I am going to watch that. I might have to go to a restaurant, and I might actually do that tonight. But you know what? We're not going to be here tomorrow. So I might as well. Just so everybody knows, it is uh, 420 tomorrow. It's not the reason why we're taking off, but, you know, it just happens <laughs> to be coincidental. We are going to be all up in the drafts business next week, so we got to make sure we take a breather. And we're appreciative that we will be able to do so. Thank you to everyone. Stay kind to each other, mostly to yourselves. Use your blinkers because people are dying. And otherwise, enjoy the abyss that is your life. We'll be back Thursday. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.